0: I have no idea how much I long to hear your voices in song and to be able to gather together once again at some point to hear you sing as church is a day that I look forward to. So I pray that as you're at home and with others at home that you take that same opportunity to sing because it's a wonderful opportunity. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning where we're reminded through the psalmist writings that your steadfast love endures forever. And also we see where Jesus' mighty hand is at work to do what is needed in life. And we pray, Father, during this time that you work by your Spirit to hold on to us in your Word where your promise of forgiveness of sins and your promise of eternal life is given to us. We pray that you remove distractions from our hearts and minds, open our ears to hear what you would have us hear this morning. In your Son, Jesus' name we pray, amen. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We heard in the beginning of the gospel reading, Jesus had heard something and needed to get away. He was trying to get away to the other side of the sea, just a moment of solace, a moment of peace, a moment to be in prayer before his father as he had just heard the word that his cousin, John the Baptist. Had been beheaded at Herod's hand in a party going on in the palace where Herod was at and everything that was going on. And then all of a sudden the request came for John's head. And so it was given. And that word came by John's disciples to Jesus and he, he headed out. Now this account of Jesus going across the sea at this point is in all four Gospels. It affected all the Gospel writers so much that they all accounted for it from their perspective. So as you read through all of them, you'll hear slight different nuances throughout this account that happened. And they all blend together into this beautiful story of Jesus' compassion. You see, he headed out across the sea And as he headed out across the sea, all those that saw him leave from the west end side of the sea started to run and hustle around the north end of the sea over to this place in between towns at the foothills on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. And they made it there before Jesus did. They made it there before the boat had landed, and so when Jesus saw them coming around, you can imagine that he didn't really even have a moment of peace on the boat as he saw what was coming ahead of him. He saw the need. He knew what needed to be done. So as the boat landed and he stepped off the shore, he had compassion on the crowd. The crowds who either saw this man as Lord or saw this man as simply somebody who could heal, but they saw a man that might be able to take care of their needs. And so thousands upon thousands of people had come around to the side of the sea, and Jesus healed them all. What a day. Can you imagine seeing that happening? Now, of course, Jesus could have stood there and just said, you're all healed. Be done with it, right? They say, it's not really how he generally works. And so this particular miracle, case by case, individual by individual, all day long, the disciples are watching as their teacher, their rabbi, their Lord, the Son of God, Jesus himself is healing as people have need so that they would hear his word specifically for them. The day tarried on into the evening, The sun is setting, and with hearts of compassion, maybe limited by their imagination, but the disciples come to Jesus and kind of tell him what to do. Now, I don't know if you notice in Matthew's gospel, but any time the disciples come to Jesus to tell him what to do, it usually doesn't go real well. And that stopped to make me think, how many times do I try to tell God what to do? How many times have you tried to tell God what to do? Here's a little bit what it sounds like. God, if you would only just fill in the blank. If you would do this, Lord, you know, it's time that uh, you make things right in my household, God. It's time that you would take away things That are sufferings in life, God. It's time that you would change my spouse because I can't get along with them anymore. It's time that you would make my brother understand where I'm coming from. It's time, Father, that you change something. It's time, Jesus, that you do something about the situation because here's how you need to do it, God. You see, it's fine to lament to God in prayer your sufferings, it's fine to lament to God the things that you would want taken away. But the moment that turns into telling them how to do it, well, that starts to border on the line of, uh, you know, crossing the line, telling God what to do. And so even with good intent, where the disciples are coming from, they say, Jesus, it's, it's late in the day and we don't have enough to feed them. And these people need to get back to the towns. They need to feed themselves. They need to go and buy some food in the local areas. They need to disperse because one place isn't going to handle all of them, but maybe a couple of the places nearby will. And so we need to give them time to go eat, Jesus. Send them away. We came over here for a time of peace. When's that coming? And Jesus' response is beautiful, as always. And you can imagine a little smirk on his face, maybe, as he stands there and says, they, they don't need to go anywhere. You feed them. <laughs> you ever heard that response? Jesus, this is the way things need to go in my life. And he goes, yeah, no. Here's what you're going to do. You take care of it. And it stops us in our tracks. See, we get caught off guard by that response because we don't know what to do with that. We don't know how to handle the situation necessarily. That's why we reached out to Jesus to begin with, right? To tell him how to handle it. And so we stop and we say, uh, what do you want me to do with it? All I've got, Jesus, are these five loaves and two fish. It's not even enough for our small group to really be satisfied, but that's what I got. How... How are we supposed to feed everybody with that? And so we're kind of put in our place a bit. when we hear that Jesus is calling us to do something. We realize that we fall short. We realize we don't have the tools. We realize that we are not sufficient enough to take care of the job that needs to be done. You know, there's an old adage that says, God will never give you more than you can handle. And I know I've said this before, but that's an absolute and complete lie. It's not in Scripture. It's not anywhere. He just gave the disciples absolutely something more than they can handle. He just told them to feed 5,000 plus people. Maybe double that, maybe triple that. We don't know exactly how many, but it was thousands upon thousands upon thousands, and they had a picnic lunch in their sack. That was it. That's more than they could handle. They couldn't figure out how to feed them. And one of the other Gospels, it says, how would the amount of money we have be able to buy enough for this amount of people? In fact, we don't even know if the towns have enough to feed that many people. How on earth, Jesus, could we take care of this? How on earth? Maybe that's the thing. And you know, we, we don't have the tools to take care of it. We can't take care of ourselves more often than not, and we certainly can't make things right between us and God, and we can't take care of the challenges that come our way by God's hand and by His direction and by His providence. We don't have enough to do it. We've got five loaves and two fishes. That's it. It's about how I feel quite often in life. This is all I got, Lord. Whatever you're going to do with it, do with it, because I can't make any sense of it. And that's exactly what Jesus said. He said, hey, you got five loaves and two fish? Bring them here. Bring them here. Let me do something with that because you don't have enough. Let Jesus do something with that because Jesus can do something with that. It's not going to look like how we expect it, but Jesus provides in the moments and in the times as he sees fit. There's a beautiful balance here. We can't go too far and say Jesus is going to provide everything the way that we think he should provide it because remember where Jesus coming from and what he just heard. Jesus also provided for John the Baptist that he's dead by the hands of Herod. I'm sure John the Baptist would have loved to have had a different ending. You know, Jesus, get me out of this jail. Jesus, get me out of this imprisonment. Jesus, get me out of this sentence. Yet Jesus still provided for John the Baptist just in a different way. So we can't run too far and think that the moment that we tell Jesus how something should happen or pray that he do something along the lines that we want it to happen, that it's going to work out exactly how we think. But nonetheless, Jesus acts, and Jesus acts mightily, and he acts out of compassion, and he acts out of love, and he acts knowing what is to come, what is beyond anything that we can see, what is beyond anything that we can understand, where our imagination stops, and even well before our imagination can even fathom how God would work, Jesus acts for your good and for your benefit. So as he holds those five loaves and two fish, as a traditional Jewish boy growing up would do, and as a Jewish man and head of a household would do, he gives thanks to God, a blessing. Thank you, God, for all that you give. And I love that he doesn't just make a loaf appear in everybody's little group out on the hillside. And he he doesn't just fill their bellies and take their hunger away as simple as a snap of a finger. No, he takes those same five loaves and he hands them to the disciples. In the other Gospels, you hear how he handed the fish also. So he hands them out to the disciples and said, Here, here. You feed them. Kind of amazing to think, right? Same direction. They don't need to go anywhere. You feed them. But now it's not within their power to feed them. It's within Jesus' power to feed them through the disciples. As the disciples take the meal out and about to the crowds, as the disciples go, can you imagine holding onto a loaf of bread that was never-ending? Continuing to give people bread, continuing to offer up fish, and there's no end to it. There's nothing that is lacking at all. In fact, there's an abundance of God's compassion. There's an abundance of his mercy. There's an abundance of his providence and of his grace and of all the things that he gives, and that their laps overflow with what's left over, enough to carry up 12 baskets worth of gatherings afterwards. It's amazing how Jesus works. And again, we see him work through his creation. Those five loaves and two fish didn't come out of thin air. Those five loaves and two fish really didn't come from the disciples' hands. God had placed the things there for those to come from. He had made the grain grow. He had made the... the Flowers, you know, opportunity for the flour to get milled. He had made the opportunity for fire to happen and for that bread to bake. He had made the opportunity for those fish to be born and fish to grow and for the fish to be caught and brought in. And yet he works through his creation to feed in ways that we can't even fathom because of his love for you. Now, there are times that we go hungry, that we aren't fed, That the sufferings remain, that you remain in prison like John the Baptist, and maybe the time comes where things end in a way that is completely unexpected by yourself or by family. God still provides. That feast is not simply a physical cessation, a physical feeding, a physical fulfillment. But that feast is one that he promises to come for eternity. See, because in Jesus' presence, life happens. As Jesus was present there for the people, life came to be. Where there was emptiness, now there was fullness. Where there was hunger, there is no longer hunger or thirst. Things are fulfilled, and Christ promises that day to come. We look forward to that feast, to where from his hands we will be fed from his Side, we will be given everything as he walks alongside us, as he is there in our presence walking along and talking with us, listening to our every question and every concern, if there are even any concerns during that time. But there will be praise and song and joy as we lift up those songs of praise to Jesus as he walks alongside us in eternity. As you sit alongside John the Baptist and feast. As you sit with your loved ones who have gone before and enjoy a meal well beyond fish and bread. But a never-ending feast, a never-ending gathering of God's church together in his presence where he is there to bring life. And to where the forgiveness of our sins that he promises this day is fulfilled and we no longer have to worry about the suffering. During these times where Jesus doesn't walk alongside us, we look for where he promises to be present. And I'm so thankful that you take opportunity to hear this word. And if you're longing to come back to church to continue to hear this word with other folks, or if you're hearing this word for the very first time, know that Jesus is the one who forgives your sins. And he promises it in the hearing of his word and the receiving of his sacraments. But when those sacraments aren't available because we're locked away somewhere, his word remains in your heart. He continues to work in your life by his spirit to call you unto himself and to remind you that your sins are forgiven by all that he has done for you on the cross and all that he continues to do, do for you daily. In his generous givings, in his life, in the resurrection of the dead, and the life that he promises you to come when you will sit with him at the feast in his compassion and in his love for you amen would you pray with me dear heavenly father we thank you for your steadfast enduring love that endures forever we hear it in the psalms we hear it in isaiah we hear it throughout your word that your steadfast love endures forever hard for us when we don't see it with our own eyes immediately or we don't experience it uh, when we're short-sighted, Father, but we pray that you would make your love known in mighty ways, that you would make your presence known in our life each day, that you would raise our bodies each morning to know that your love is new and fresh with every sunrise and that the forgiveness of our sins happens daily. We pray, Lord, that you continue to be with us as we leave this place and as we care for those around us, that you continually hold on to us in your compassion and in your never-ending love. In Jesus' name, amen.